I'm ready. Then we'll begin. Hello and welcome. <laughs> He's laughing at me because I said it funny. Hello. Hello. And welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a big old movie grouch. And here with me, is he going to open his beer? In a minute. Do you want to tell everybody who you are? I'm Blake. Yes, you are. I am a movie fan. Yeah. <laughs> of the male variety. Which Fanboy. movie? <laughs> Woo! Which movie are you a fan of? Many. I was it because you just said you were a fan of the movie, so I just thought it was one singular. No, many films. Many films. If you haven't heard us before, you might be concerned that you're tripping balls after that weird interlude. If you're listening to us for the first time, you're very welcome, and you have stumbled across the podcast where I, uh, Ms. Move Grouch, hello, watch a film uh, that I've avoided seeing for very stupid reasons. Uh, fanboy here has put together a list of movies that he feels are important to cinema, that he likes, that are favourites, and we have a watch of the film, we have a chat, and then we put it in a podcast. Because yes. why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Everything's yeah. in a podcast nowadays, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, before we dive into this episode's movie, we normally have a little chat about... Will you just open it already? Just do it half... Do it half. We're recording this on Friday. It's cold. Uh, it's cold. The beer's cold. It's warm. So yeah, but the reason I said do it half is because it's a, a craft, a craft stout that he has. And uh, I opened a craft beer that I nicked from your stash and it shot all over me because I didn't open it properly. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, so anyway, back to business. Let's crack on. Uh, before we get into this episode's movie, we have a little chat about things that we've been watching because sometimes we watch stuff separately uh, and sometimes like we might be snoozing or sleeping on greatness. So, Mr. Fanboy, what have you been watching? You know me and my taste. Shrugging. <laughs> Shrugging doesn't translate well. So, basically... Let me, can uh, I guess what you've been watching? Go on. Gardner's World. No. No. Uh, okay, you've been watching Love Island, sneakily, when I've gone off to bed. <laughs> no, no. I'd, th- I'd rather watch I'd rather watch anything other than Love Island, I think. Would you? Yeah. Okay, cool. So what have you been watching then? Basketball. Basketball. And uh, we watched... In, in... Are, are you, this is stuff that you've watched separate? Yeah. Oh, basketball. That's it. Yeah, I've not watched anything else. How are you doing with Loki? Because I thought you started watching Loki. Oh yeah, I watched that week by week. It's okay. It's cool. It's, yeah, nothing to really report. Okay, cool. Well, that was. Yeah. I'm glad I asked that question. What then. about you? Nothing. Of no. Nothing really. Nothing. Been too Have busy, you been no. watching Love Island? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't been oh, watching right. Love Island. You were all suspicious, like, no, I've not been watching Love Island. I haven't been watching Love Island, but I have started watching 
too hot to handle on Netflix, which pretty much, let's face it, once I've finished this, Love Island's a shoo-in, I think. Okay, what is too hot to handle? It's basically a load of sexy people get put on an, an island. island. <laughs> And Man, this this concept is—I know is, island crazy. Yeah. Who knew there was so much mileage? Fucking hell! They basically can't have sex with each other. What happens? Do they all die? No, they did. <laughs> no, that would be a bit more fun. Uh, so they there's like a cash prize, I think, of a hundred thousand dollars. And so every time they get up to shenanigans, rewarding people for not having sex. So basically, they're all like massive sluts and. I shouldn't say the word sluts because that's slut shaming. It's fine if you want to be a slut. I don't care. We've all been a slut, I think, at some point. Uh, they're all like massive players. They don't make lasting connections with people. So the whole idea is that they abstain from sex and they actually learn how to connect with people on a deeper level. Okay. It is... What, five minutes in, it was a look, bit rapey. I love you and I know you watch some trash. But why the fuck are you watching this? I don't really know. It it's sounds of, horrific. It is pretty bad, but it's one of those things where it's like so bad I can't turn it off. Yeah, but the thing is, is you could say that, you put it on in the first place. I know. Like, because the thing is with Netflix and stuff, you choose what you watch. It's not like it's <laughs> Oh, just, is that how that works? Just, well, no, oh, but, I had no idea. Stop not, mansplaining it's not, no, no, Netflix I'm not. to I'm, me. I'm, you I'm, are. I'm not. What I'm doing is being sarcastic. It's like there's a point where, like, if it's on telly and you just stick it on, where you've chose, you've sought this out and uh, like it kept popping yep. up. It kept popping up, and I was like, oh, well, I might watch it and see how it okay, goes. Okay, cool. I mean, it, it's it's bonkers, but to be honest, I only catch like ten minutes here and there, and I put it on when I literally do not want to think about anything, apart from how I'm glad. I'm not single, and that those kind of guys are a little bit. I mean, on the you keep watching side. stuff like that. You might be single. <laughs> <laughs> you had it here first, folks. Ms. Movie Grouch could be back on the market for an oddly cue. Uh, I will take nobody shaming my shite TV choices because we can always uh, just say the words Hawaii Five O, can't we? Yeah. Can't we? We can always say those words. words. <laughs> I don't watch it anymore. It got really bad. Did it? Yeah, really bad. <laughs> Worse than too hot to handle. <laughs> no, I don't think anything can sink that low. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I mean, maybe if they did Love Island on an iceberg. I don't know. I have no idea. Loveberg. Loveberg. Right. Well, okay. anyway, before we have, that was before we have a domestic, <laughs> let's move on. What film did we watch this episode? Godfather 2. Oh, you know, you had a serious look on your face when you said that. Serious subject. The synopsis. The early life and career of Vito Corleone in 1920s New York City is portrayed while his son Michael expands and tightens his grip on the family crime syndicate. That's it. So IMDb, 9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes critic score, 96%. Whoa. Audience score of 97%. They love that shit. Yes, they do. And then some reviews. There's no no bad reviews for this. Really? Yeah, not that I could find. So first one, so I picked one that's just like good and then one that I thought was quite funny. Wait, so, yeah, that was a criteria. <laughs> if it abuses you. 
It was. It was. I'll explain why. You might find it funny as I read the second one. Al Pacino was robbed of an Oscar for this one. One of the greatest performances of all time. The film was phenomenal and really shows the difference in lives that Vito and Mike lived. Number one. So that and that was five stars. This one is two and a half stars. So actually, I guess oh, that, that counts. That, yeah. But like, it's the way it's the way he's written this that got me. I. It's like I don't know if this person is really old. <laughs> but it's it's quite it's the language used is quite funny. Terry always take the piss out of you for sending old man texts because you text like an old man. <laughs> well, yeah. So you should just give me a taste you of your future. <laughs> <laughs> if I, uh, yeah, but only if I stop watching too hot to handle. Yeah, yeah. no, that is fair. It's not your problem. Um, other, some other old so man you should text. appreciate you should appreciate an yeah, old I man should. review. Right. So anyway, <laughs> the gob of a tooth felt like an unless <laughs> what the of a tooth. <laughs> Alright, I'll start again. The Godfather 2 felt like an unnecessary movie, but made me want to see the third film. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, that falls down in the first sentence. Okay. The sequel keeps the essence of the first movie. It still has good cinematography and pace. But I didn't really like the characters in this one. Again, a lot of them are the same characters from the first one. In The Godfather, Mike has a change in his beliefs and his attitude in his transition to becoming the new Don. But in this one, Mike was a complete asshole, And we also <laughs> learned that his father also was. I, sus- <laughs> I sincerely don't like to see a group of men with elegant suits with serious and proud attitudes killing each other. Well, that sounded insulting. Sorry for the last part, but I simply didn't have a satisfying sensation as I had with the first movie. Fucking hell. Stickler with gangster films, mate. That's kind of what it's, it is. It's... Oh my God, he would hate a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, he would actually. But it's the... It didn't have a satisfying sensation as I had with the first movie. I want to know Ooh. what the first one did to him. <laughs> I don't think we can all imagine. Okay, so obviously previously we've done The Godfather. So yeah, you know you know the first film, so we don't need to go over that. So, but the, so the questions obviously still apply... And your answer might be the same as when we obviously went through it with the Godfather. Oh, I fell under pressure now to make them the same. What had stopped you from seeing this movie? I hadn't seen Godfather. (laughs) That makes sense. It does. Yeah, that's fair enough. If you hadn't seen the first one, you know what? I'll skip the first one. Yeah, it's going straight on number two. Yeah, no, that's fine. So having again, you could answer this. Obviously, having seen the first one. Or pretending that you haven't, I don't know what was Thank going. you. But what was your preconceived idea of this film? Well, you told me that Robert De Niro played a young Vito Corleone in it. So I knew that it was, there was going to be like flashbacks to his early life. And then it would carry on the story of Michael becoming yeah. the head of the crime unit, syndicate family. Yeah. Pick your word. Can you please give us your version of the opening scenes and setups? I feel like when you say it like that, I feel like I'm in an oral exam. Like, did you ever do like a language exam at school? French. Yeah. Did you ever do? Did you do the oral exam where they have to like they they press play and record on the tape recorder and you had to be like, "Chiffre and Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I feel like. That's not what this is. No, I know, but it feels you feel very official when you say, "Please, can you tell me." So, because it's split into two halves, we're going to do the first half of the film up to the intermission. The film opens in Sicily in 1901, and we see a funeral cortege that's carrying the body of the father of nine-year-old Vito Andalini. Pops Andalini has been killed because he insulted the local mafia chieftain, Don Ciccio. 
Andalini's family are shot as they take the coffin to the final resting place. Uh, Vito and his mother escape and she visits Don Ciccio with Vito in tow and begs for forgiveness. He kills her and Vito escapes on a ship destined for New York City. When he arrives in NYC, he is registered as Vito Corleone on Ellis Island. Cut to 1958. Michael Corleone is now the head of the Corleone crime family and is taking meetings during his son's first communion party. Now, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there is something that feels very familiar there. Can't, can't for the life of me think what it is. You don't get that joke, do you? No. <laughs> okay, moving on. Are you referring to the first film? Yes. Yeah, with the big party? Yeah. Yeah. So, Frank Pantangeli. I knew what you did. I was just waiting to see <laughs> where it was going. <laughs> like, I didn't know I had to interject. I was like, okay, I know what you're doing here. But okay. So, where it was going you was finish, you... you got to finish the punchline. I didn't know I had to. You was, uh, you was staring at me with confusion. That was the punchline. Frank Pantangeli, a Corleone capo, is disgruntled that Michael refuses to help defend his territory against the Rosato brothers, who work for Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth is a long-standing Corleone business partner. After the party, there is an assassination attempt on Michael and his wife. As a result of this, he leaves Nevada with his family, remaining at home. We hear his brother Fredo take a call in the middle of the night in his house, uh, surrounded by a lot of black satin. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that Fredo is up to no good. In 1917, Vito Corleone, so we're back with Mike's dad. Vito Corleone lives in New York City with his wife and son Santino, who is Sonny, played by James Woods, James Kahn from the first one. He loses his job because the local Don, Fanucci, insists that his nephew will work at the, I think it's like a grocery store, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and there ain't room for the two of them, so Vito loses his job. Because who are you going to refuse? Like, are you going to refuse a mafia boss? No. You're not, are you? So his neighbour Clemenza, who has asked Vito to hide some gums for him previously, which introduces like the the crime element to, to Vito, uh, invites him to unwittingly take part in a burglary and they steal a rug. Back in, in inverted commas, present day, Michael suspects, suspects Roth planned the assassination, but he meets him in Miami and feigns ignorance. In New York City, Pentangeli attempts to maintain Michael's facade by making peace with the Rosato family, but they attempt to kill him by dragging in him into a bar and trying to garrot him. Um, they're foiled by a cop walking in. So Roth and Michael confirm that they are still best friends. And Roth, Michael and several of their partners travel to Havana to discuss future Cuban business prospects under the cooperative government of Fulgencio Batista. It's clear here how huge this organisation is and how far reaching it will be. But we'll we'll talk about that later. So when Michael sees the ongoing trouble of the Cuban revolution, he reconsiders the viability of the deal and we see him on New Year's Eve uh, with Fredo. Fredo, when previously questioned by Michael as to whether he knew Johnny Ola, who was the guy that attempted to shoot Michael, wasn't he, in the bedroom? Yeah. Fredo just denies all knowledge yep. says that he doesn't know him yep. and on new year's eve when they go out they we find out that fredo did know johnny ola yep. and michael realizes that it was fredo who betrayed him so michael's bodyguard goes after ola and kills him but before he can smother roth with a pillow he's discovered by police and then michael's bodyguard is shot president abstigate ab abstigates the president abdicates due to advancing rebel attack and michael fredo and roth separately escape to the united states back home 
Michael learns that Kay has miscarried. Back to 1917-ish, and Vito has fathered two more sons, Fredo and Michael. Vito's criminal conduct attracts the attention of Don Fanucci, who extorts him. Vito's partners, Clemenza and Salvatore Tessio, wish to avoid trouble by paying in full, but Vito insists that he can convince Fanucci to accept a smaller payment by making him an offer he won't refuse. During a neighbourhood festa, which looks awesome, he stalks Fanucci to his apartment and shoots him dead. Intermission. So, what would you like to unpack? I really liked that it was quite simple in terms of its premise. So you knew after the funeral scene that obviously Michael's, or not obviously, but... but Vito Corleone's story was going to be aimed at him getting revenge at Don Ciccio for killing his dad, uh, for for killing his mum and his dad and all the rest of it. So that was quite quick and dirty, but it got in there and you knew what was coming. So that that was really good. There was a lot of synergy with the first movie, which I really liked. And that was great. So that party scene was really reminiscent. And you can see how he's, you know, following in his dad's footsteps. I found the immigration part. I'm sorry. My notes are a bit hither and there. A bit discompopulated. So the immigration part where um, Vito Corleone travels to New York and everybody's kind of waiting to go through Ellis Island. I found that really tough to watch. Oh, okay. I just thought about all those people coming to a new country with like lots of hopes and dreams for like family and a fresh start, and it it made me feel really sad with things that are going on today in the world and people are you know. Yeah, it's very. It's in many ways it's worse now, isn't it? Really. It, it's a, yeah, it's war, not as safe. Due to war, it's yeah. not due to opportunity. It's because of. Yeah, and it just. I think having a grandmother who left her country because of war and various issues and came and started a life in the UK it just brought that home to me a little bit I think Mm. and I felt quite sad I think it's it's quite interesting because actually when you see the senator go in and talk to Michael and he's saying that he doesn't like your kind of people with your suits and and all the rest of it and like you're sat there thinking geez just shut up this guy could like annihilate you well you you don't know that but you you know he that he ways. can pull the, yeah. the strings yeah. to get things done. I think that there was a, that again, there was a real synergy that, yeah, okay, these people are coming for a fresh start, but actually the people that are in the country already living don't necessarily take to them. Yeah. And I think watching them come through Ellis Island, I just was like, oh, I wonder whether they're accepted, whether yeah. these people went on to lead happy lives. It, I realise that I'm going on about this, but it just really... Yeah. I felt quite emotional about it. Yeah. But So the scene with the senator was really shocking and also really great because you just realised that the senator was a complete asshole and he's yeah. just been outside, you know, schmoozing, yeah. schmoozing them in front of everybody yeah. and then Taking when he's behind... Money. Oh yeah, and then when he's behind a closed door, yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's fuck you and your kind. I thought it was really nice because at the end, obviously the first one, Michael tells Kay that he's going to get the... Corleone family like legitimate within what five seven yeah. years or something and that's dropped into conversation quite organically yeah. so you don't feel uh that didn't feel forced yeah. and it was it was good to think oh yeah okay so that's something that hasn't happened their bedroom was bloody awful though wasn't it yeah, it's nasty it was awful there was some thunder in that scene just before the shootout before the right yeah Johnny Ola tried to kill him and that I can't remember the first one. When Michael goes to visit Vito in hospital as Vito's 
and they move yeah. like that scene. I think there was thunder just before that oh, scene, I think, or I think it was stormy. So again, there's that use of thunder as like a metaphor for Ooh, something's going to happen, yeah. shit's kicking off. Don't quote me on that though. I think I think, I think that's up a, on it if that's true that's a great spot oh, not, yeah that's a level media studies yeah. that. <laughs> the scene with the senator when tom hagen flies out to the brothel to clean up the senator's little Dead. indiscretion yeah. prostitute yeah bloody hell i mean i was expecting her to get up i thought they'd framed him to get him where they wanted him but actually they didn't need to no because the guy's a scumbag yeah, yeah. and it was just that whole conversation with Tom Hagen where he's talking about where I think Tom Hagen's saying to him oh she's nobody she's nothing she hasn't got any family she'll just be an indiscretion you'll forget about her yeah and I just thought wow that's that's great it's like sex workers are just irreplaceable or cannon fodder it was and and that I think the you get the feeling of there's like a real sense of not futility but dispose disposability I guess it's very cold very yeah. callous yeah, and you know, here they are. This guy's sat in his office and basically gone fuck you and your kind, and now he's in debt to them yeah. because he he's been helped out when he's in it and in you know a, a, a situation that he doesn't want to leak to the wider yeah. world. And then you look at where he is at the end. So yeah, that I I found that quite again. That was like really whoa. And it, it's cool to see that Kay's not immune from that orchestration at all of the whole. You know, we, we left the Godfather one, or the, the first Godfather, with her having the door closed on her, um, still being part of part of the family, part of Michael's crew. But being there was that sense not all of it. In. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And he's when she's trying to get out of the compound to go shopping or take the kids out somewhere, and Tom Hagen comes over and is like, "Look, you can't yeah. today." You know, he's she's just effectively you get that sense of her being another pawn that he can just move about and ask people to kind of say, Right, okay, you go there and talk to yeah. her and tell her to do this and and that felt really sad. And I think I, f I remember finishing Godfather and thinking that there was a real sense of what the hell is gonna happen to Kay. Mm -hmm. And that uneasiness that unease was there through oh sorry. We're expecting a baby. Well, we're not expecting a baby. <laughs> but we're expecting a baby to be born. And every time I get a message, I'm like, ah, is the baby here? No, it's not. It's just something else. Yeah, so I felt really sad for Kay because yeah. they seemed like a good match in yeah, the first, in the first film. film. Absolutely. She knew what yeah. he did. But again, like I think if you enter that world with an understanding that in five years it's going to become yeah. legit, the grind of it not ending is yeah. going to wear you down. Yeah, for sure. There's only so far you can put off your morals for the sake of your relationship. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. your kids and stuff, you know, I think. Anyway. And then, like, when they go to Havana and they have that meeting in Havana and you look at the scope of businesses and companies that are there, you've got tourism, you've got engineering, you've got telephone and telegraph, you've yeah. got mining. Yeah. It's, it's massive. Yeah, yeah. That reach, you know, is huge. And I was sat there thinking, wow, this is this is a big deal. This is huge. Dodge. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, what a great... It would be really great to just, you know, see somebody exploded by a bomb and then go and eat birthday cake. <laughs> Why not? Just cheer you right up. And I found it really odd, actually, that, that like, they had... 
the gold telephone that they passed around. It's so random. I know. <laughs> Oh yes, this is gold. Yes, this is clearly this gold. Is gold. Yes, this, this is, is gold. Clearly gold. Yes, yes. Would you like to see the gold telephone? Yeah. Well, I can see it from there. But yeah. okay, you've got to pass it along, so it's fine. Yeah. The gold telephone, the cake. Like, should the head of a mafia? Should the head of the mafia be eating birthday cake? It seemed very frivolous for him to do. Like, <laughs> just party, Michael Corleone. Yeah. Just going to eat some cake. Eat some cake. Well, it's business, it? It was for um, Roth's birthday, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have cake at birthday. I've then written, I don't know what this means, Havana Op Int to MC. Havana Operation. To Miscellaneous? No, Michael, to Michael Corleone. I don't know what that means. Cool, okay, brilliant. I thought it was weird that Hyman Roth had his shirt off when he was lying down on that sofa. That was peculiar. It just looked like some kind of old man sex den thing. When when Fredo and Michael sit down and have a chat about things, and obviously Michael knows that um, Fredo's dubbed him into Hyman Roth and the Rosato brothers and all the rest of it, you, you wonder whether Fredo's feeling some remorse for being a grass. And then he orders a banana daiquiri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay, now I understand. I mean, what else? To be fair, what else would a man whose bedroom is decorated in black satin drink put a banana daiquiri? Exactly. But they made it very quickly as well. I'm assuming they haven't ready. How to long do you reckon a banana daiquiri takes to make? Six minutes. Six minutes? Okay. It was done very quickly. Anyway, I think my favourite scene out of that first, I think the whole film was Johnny Ola's death scene with the bodyguard going in and just sort of the, the curtains fluttering and I thought that was really stunning. Oh, I haven't really talked about any of the, the Vito Corleone stuff, have I? That was all right. Okay. I don't really have any problems with that at all. But I do think that his gun was a bit tin pot. Okay. Because like he just bashed it against the side of a chimney pot and it fell to bits. Okay. I mean, how did he manage to kill somebody with that? Because it's a gun that fires bullets. Right. But I'm fairly sure if you took a gun and like knocked it against something, it just wouldn't fall to bits. No, revolvers hand, are, are in bit. Like they are, you can take them apart quite easily. So right? we're saying it's like Kurgan's knife travels. No, it's a revolver. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about guns. And again, it's you know, the 1950s <laughs> or whatever. And it's a fictional movie. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I don't know. Okay, cool. Have you got anything that you want to raise about the first half? No, I'll just I'll do it all in one hit. Oh, well, that's just me talking then. Is there anything that I should have noticed? Uh, no, not that you should have noticed. No, I think this is what I mean. This is why I want to do it in one go because I want to give my take. Because for me to break <clears> it down, because I very much see it as a whole movie, but to me the two separate parts are Michael and Michael. Vito. Michael. Do you know what I mean? Michael. So, like for me, it's those two things that are the separate right, stories okay, rather than the first two, half and not the, the first half. half and second half. Okay. Do that's you know cool. what I mean? That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, that's cool. Right, should we carry on then? Yeah. Intermission end. So in Washington, D.C., a Senate committee on organised crime is investigating the Corleone family. Pentangeli is alive and agrees to testify against Michael as he thought he double-crossed him. Pantangeli is placed under witness protection. I said his name wrong there. It's Pantangeli. I wrote it down as Pentangeli. So we go back to Vito and we see that he is now a respected figure in his community um, and he's approached for help by a widow who is being evicted by a landlord. After an unsuccessful negotiation with the landlord, he, or with Vito, sorry, the landlord asks around, learns of his reputation and hastily agrees to let the widow stay on. And he's sort of... <laughs> It was quite a funny scene because he's yeah. saying like, oh, I'll make it like $10 cheaper and the dog yeah. can stay and yeah. she can, you know, have it for life as long as you just 
don't hurt my face, yeah. that kind of thing. It's pretty cool. So Vito and his partners are becoming more and more successful with their business, which is the uh, olive oil company. Well, that's the legal front. That's yeah. the legal front, yeah. So we're back in uh, present day, and on returning to Nevada, Fredo throws the mother of all hissy fits and tells Michael that he has felt resentful for being disregarded. He told him that he had helped Roth, expecting something in return, he claims to be ignorant on the plot of Michael's life. Yeah, right. And informs Michael that the Senate lawyer on, is on Roth's payroll. Michael disowns Fredo, but orders a capo to continue protecting him while the mother is alive. Michael is unable to reach the heavily guarded Pantangeli, so he sends for his brother from Sicily, who he sees in the courtroom for the first time and freaking panics. So this results in Pantangeli saying that his previous statement was a load of old rubbish and all the white men on the Senate committee get their asses in their hands. An uproar. There's uproar. Yeah, there is. So Kay reveals after the uh, the committee adjourn that she didn't actually have a miscarriage. She aborted the pregnancy and she's going to leave him and take the children with her. Michael hits her banishes her from the family and takes custody of the children and that is that's quite an interesting scene i yeah. think we'll talk about that later because apparently i'm talking about everything so vito along with his family returns to sicily he and his business partner tomasino are admitted to don ciccio's compound to ask for ciccio's blessing on their olive oil business vito exacts his childhood vengeance by slitting him open very nearly from balls to brain only after revealing his former identity but as they escape Tomasino is shot in the leg and suffers a permanent disability. Michael's mother has died and at the funeral Michael forgives Fredo. But does he really? Does he really? We don't know. Roth is refused asylum and is forced to return to the United States. Over the protest of consigliere, I can never say that word, consigliere Tom Hagen, Michael orders a capo to assassinate Roth. But he's literally going to be at the airport, heavily guarded. So he's, Michael's basically saying, you've got to take one for the team here and you'll probably die in the call of duty. Line something. of duty. The line of duty, thank you. And indeed, the guy that poses as a journalist at Miami International Airport and shoots Roth dead is then shot while he flees the scene. So at the witness protection compound, Hagen has gone to visit Pantangeli uh, and he reminds him that failed plotters against the Roman emperor often committed suicide and assures him that his family will be cared for. I didn't know what that scene was saying at that point. I was like... Oh, right, OK. Yeah. I didn't understand that at all. Pantangeli later slits his wrists in his bathtub. Later, Fredo is killed out on the lake, which I think we all fucking knew was going to happen. Yeah. So the Corleone family gathers in their dining room to surprise Vito for his birthday. Michael announces that in response to the attack on Pearl Harbor, he has left college and enlisted in the United States Marine Corps, which leaves Sonny furious. Tom incredulous and Fredo is the only supportive brother. When Vito is heard at the door, all but Michael leave the room to greet him. Michael then sits alone in the present day by the lake at the family compound. Cool. So what have you got from that? Well, I thought it was really interesting that the senator ended up on the committee yeah. Trying him for war crimes. I know Perjury. it's not war crime. Perjury, is it? But you think of this, how much the senator owes to the Corleone family. And I just thought, yeah, this is... I, like, it doesn't surprise me at all. No. I think, sh I think politics is fucking shady anyway. Yeah, it and is, I think, absolutely. Uh, I'm always amazed when people are sort of like, oh my God, there's this giant thing ring that's happening in... A giant thing ring? Yeah, I wanted to say paedophile ring, but then I'm like, oh, 
that's a bit near the knuckle. You know how like with the BBC stuff, when all the DJs were, were kind of accused of sexual assault and Jimmy stuff Savile. like that, and the Jimmy yeah. Savile thing, I think there are like total like scandals like that at a political level that will, like if they came out, everybody would just be like, what the fuck are we doing letting yeah. these people run the country? Absolutely. Uh, but that's a whole nother podcast. That is the, the thing that I really like about Michael is is all through the film, he's not going with any other women. You see Fredo, who's married. Yeah. All right, that relationship is very strained for whatever reason, but he's sort of all over the ladies in Cuba when they're out for New Year's Eve. And Michael could very easily have his pick of the women, and he's very aloof, keeping himself very separate, isn't he? And, and I think of... he maintains an air of profession. Yes. I think a part of my little romantic, naive heart that believes people stranded on a beach not having sex can create meaningful, magical relationships. I think part of me thought that it was because he really loved Kay. Uh, he probably did, actually. I think that is it. And to see that relationship break down after the court case was, yeah, it's horrible. And I really felt for her. I tell you what, though... Al Pacino's bloody good at shouting, isn't he? He's good at doing shouting. Yeah, he's very good. And and he goes from, like, naught to shouting yeah. in a thousand milliseconds. I thought the, the scene with him and Fredo was amazing, where they're shouting at each other. And my takeaway from that was that I could be in the Mafia because I can fucking hold a grudge. Uh, okay. Like, no, nothing alive. Yeah, uh, so anything that's, else? No, I think that's it. Cool, okay. Did you have a favourite character? I'm going to say Michael and Fredo, I think. Okay, cool, yeah. I'm going to go for two. Did you have a least favourite character? Or the senator. Yeah. Oh, he was too. horrible, he was yeah. slimy. Oh, I also really liked the bodyguard. Michael's bodyguard, I liked him. Oh, character. okay, yeah, cool, okay. Did you have a favourite scene? Yeah, where the bodyguard offed Johnny Ola. Okay. I thought that was fantastically done. That whole sequence of him killing Johnny Ola and then going to kill or trying to kill Hyman Roth, I just thought was superb and reminiscent of the the hospital scene in the first one that I liked so much as well. Okay, cool. But yeah, that the the way the curtains lifted in the breeze and then all of a sudden he's just being killed is it was just stunning. Did you have a least favorite scene? Um lots actually but for, for all different reasons and i think i think it's just because it made me feel things for people like i i really didn't like the 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 scene in the brothel i thought was was awful because it taps into that that whole sex work thing isn't it's not a real job it's not they're not real people we we've kind of dehumanized that and i don't think that's any further forward really or very i don't think it's very fair, fair very much further forward from from things that i see so Things like that, and then the, the immigration bit at the beginning, just, yeah, just just really made me think about other people and what their lives might be like, so, yeah. Cool. Okay, so score and soundtrack. So, composer was Nino Rota, the conductor was Carmine Coppola, who is Francis Ford Coppola's dad. Oh. Yeah, which is cool. I don't know if he did the first one. This didn't come up in the first one. I didn't no. actually look. So I don't know about that. Directors of the work. I won't go through that because we did that on Godfather 1. Okay. But we'll just go through... So this, this film won six Oscars. Wow. Um, did it? Yeah. Won Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, Robert De Niro, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Art Director and Best Musical Score. Okay. Which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, so that's those little bits. Have you got a fact, please? A little Adam and Joe joke, but I've been on a wild goof trek. So the text in the funeral scene says that Vito was nine years old in 1901. But according to his headstone in The Godfather, he was born in 1887 and would have been 14 years old. Ooh, okay. Do you want another one? Yeah. Michael comes home to Lake Tahoe after Christmas. His car passes through the gate and the gate is closed by one of his security team. On the gate is an ADT security monitoring sign, which was introduced in 1974. Oh, shit. So I did notice that. I saw the ADT and I was like, oh, it did register, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, that's a, that's a gaff. Did you fall asleep? No, I didn't. No. Very good. So are your prejudgments correct? Yes. Cool. So final thoughts? Don't know what, I, I don't know what to make of it. I think I prefer the first one. Okay. I think I prefer prefer the first one. I think I would like to have seen them closer together as well. Because it was a bit of a stretch for right, me to, okay. There was a lot of like bells ringing and I wasn't sort of putting them together. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I could have benefited from doing it either the week later or... Okay, I'll bear that in mind then for Alien yeah. 1 and 2. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we'll do them definitely. back to back. Yeah. Sort of a lesson learned there. Eh? Yeah. Cool, okay. But I think that could be just because it's it was quite hard to understand what was being said. It was quite quiet and there's a lot of dialogue that delivers important information. Yeah. And sometimes it was like I was listening and I just, like, my Couldn't brain was like, what? So, yeah. Yeah. But I think... The man that played Michael Corleone has got a bright future ahead of him. Big old Pacino. <laughs> Wait, is El Pacino? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say because I've talked a lot. It was amazing watching it again. I was. I probably haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for maybe. I'm gonna say eight years. I probably right. last time I watched it was before we would have met. Yeah. Uh, man, I fucking love this film. I think there is a split between fans of one and two. Like okay. you people prefer one or two. So for me, I've said that I think this is the greatest film ever, ever made. made. Yeah. It, it might not be my favourite, yeah. but it might now be after this watch. Okay. Because I think, all right, this film was made in 1974. Obviously, it's cinema's advanced way more since then. Film has <laughs> advanced, it's changed, it's developed. But I think for a film that they made in 1974, I think when you look at storytelling, landscape, acting, characters, writing, this is what cinema is. Hmm. And I just think that, for it, it, it's, just, it's just fucking nigh on perfection for me. Hmm. And it just has so much, so many layers to it as a movie and so much little story development of each character i think on this rewatch i don't think de niro's in it enough he would he is he, i can see why he won an oscar this time around blew my mind like I really thought, yeah i loved him yeah like don't get me wrong pacino fucking boom amazing but like i think because he's not because i think when i've seen it in the past because because the de niro's bits are quite a bit shorter i think yes. it gets lost a yes. little bit, and I think this time, I think I might have paid it more attention. I think as well that 
the pressing issue isn't what happened to Vito yeah, Corleone exactly. because he's yeah. dead. Yeah. We know that he's dead. Yeah. We know that he's died. We Absolutely. know that Michael's got the head of the family. Yeah. And it's more urgent to find out why well, is Michael going to be yeah. okay? Is he going to stay with Kay? What's, yeah. what's going to happen? So that, yeah. I mean, I for me, the, the bits with Vito were, were good and they... They had a little bit more comic relief, I think. In a way, they did, yeah, yeah. Like the the bit, the scene with the the Ooh. landlord was really fun. Yeah, quite a bit lighter. But I, I still, for me, like there's still a gap as to how he became who he became. Yeah, yeah. No, that's there's fair. not like. I think they cover that in three. I'd kind of forgotten about three. Okay, I will watch three. Yeah, we'll because watch I've it. seen because I've seen. We'll one see if it's two. worth doing. For the podcast, yeah. After watching it, but I, you know, it, it's just, it, it's very simplified, and I don't think of the mafia and that kind of lifestyle as simple. Yeah. When they were talking about capos, and I was like, well, what the hell's a capo? And you look into, like, the layer of it, yeah, and yeah. the fact that the capos are kind of like the regional managers, yeah, and yeah. then you've got the soldiers yeah, that yeah. go and do all the stuff. And so I was like, yeah. this is really interesting. And you're not born knowing that stuff. You have no. to find out about yeah. the mafia if you're interested into it in it but yeah for me the the veto storyline was lacking some detail no that's cool but this see so feeling bad to why i like it i think what that era with veto mm. i loved the sets i loved the streets yeah. i love everything that was going on outside i love how busy new york looked yeah was it new york at that time yeah it was yeah 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 like and i just you know I think that's not incinerating. I don't think you have that many extras and that much of live that stuff scale. going on on that scale. I just, it blows my mind. It's really interesting, actually, because um, a lot of the, like, there were so many goofs and, uh, what do they call it? Continuity errors. Yeah. Where there were, like, cars in the background, yeah. like, 1974 yeah, yeah. model cars. And apparently there's, like, a white guy with a massive afro that opens a window and sticks his head out and he's just got this massive, massive 70s tash. tash. Uh, so, I, yeah, so I think it's interesting. And, and like you say, you know, you look at things like Gladiator, that was all CGI. Yeah, and I, yeah exactly. And I just think... Yeah, I think, pretty... it was, I think it's way ahead of its time. I think that, like, what I, what I love is some of the... Say, what another film, another film I really like, it gives you grandiose scenes mm. but they don't feel grotesque like the amount of wealth whereas like if yeah. you watch when we did um wolf of wall, wall, wall street it feels very grotesque and horrible and nasty whereas this because it's culturally italian it felt so it feels so different yeah and i just think again like stuff going on in the background but the long the long shot of the back no something going on in the fore like so you're looking at the foreground but the background setting's just beautiful. And yeah. I just think, again, locations, it's just, I just, I love it. I mean, it's, I think this is grand storytelling. Hmm. I really do. I think I would like to see it again. I think I'd like to watch one again and then watch well, two we'll fairly quick. In a few years, yeah. See, for me, it was all about Al Pacino, that, that, that little guy that I knew nothing about in the first one. <laughs> Didn't you notice him? No. Uh, I'm not a big Robert De Niro fan. No, that's cool. Like, that's cool. And I just think, I think like, he's... credit where credit's due, though, he learned Sicilian yeah, for yeah, that yeah, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because awesome. all his yeah. dialogue was pretty much yeah, Sicilian. Sicilian. I yeah. was like, that's it's that's so cool. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but I just, he was very quiet and... Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was subtle. 
and even but the best gangsters are the ones you don't know are gangsters that's kind of I just found it a bit dull yeah, that's think. cool. That's fine. You're not wrong for your opinion. You've watched the film now. And, like... Al, and Al Pacino, to some extent, is a bit dull in it, but he was my favourite so out Michael, of the... But it, it's just the shouting. It's, it's just that rage. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So, you, so, moving on then, you'd watch it again? Yeah, I would. Uh, cool. I'd um, watch it again from the, wa- beginning from the beginning or halfway through. Halfway I'm in. Through. Cool, wicked. All right, let's have your score out of ten, please. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think Godfather is my favourite of the two, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'll give it 9.8. 9.8. <laughs> Excellent. So, I feel like we always forget stuff. We haven't forgotten anything. We've got the end bit. I feel no. I feel like I always forget to mention something of the... Um, I always forget to mention it. I always feel like I do like a little primary school assessment of the film it was a film about gangsters and a man wore a hat uh but yeah so what are we doing next then son oh shit oh shit oh i don't know i'll tell you what you can pick oh can i yeah what would you like to do next oh i don't know i think you're gonna have to give me some to pick I'm going to have to pick between, I think. Let me know when you're ready. I'll pause. Okay. So I'll write, what I'll do is I'll just randomly go through a couple of films on the list and you okay. pick one. Okay, so we'll go high up the list. So we'll go like close to the top. We'll give how many, should I give you a choice of three? I will pick the fifth film. The fifth film on the list. So right, we're moving off over two because that was number three. <laughs> <laughs> so five down, yeah? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. So we are going with... Don't tra- say Shawshank. No, that was number one. Okay. Why? I really don't want to watch that. Oh, you're being uh, a bit surprised. No, we're not. We are going with Training Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That backfired, Denzel it? Washington and... Um, I forget his name. Jamie Foxx? No. There is, is there one that Jamie Foxx is in? There's one on the list that Jamie Foxx is in. I can't remember which what, one it is. What, on the list? Yeah. Or is it Collateral? Yeah, He's in Collateral, He's in isn't he? Training Day is... What's he called? He's in that really good horror film we like, where the, the house and the thing keeps appearing in the video and the, past, the killing thing passes on. What? What film is that? The Ring? No. Ethan Hawke's in it. Oh, Sinister. Sinister. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. Training Ethan Day. Ethan Hawke doesn't make Ethan bad Hawk, film. Even Ethan Hawke and Denzel. Training okay, Day. that's cool. I'm on board now. I know Ethan Hawke's in okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's next. That's what you picked. Like you could have had it your own way. You could have picked out of a free film section. What free films would have you have given me? What would I, well, you can't go back now unless well, no, we actually can't no, we can't can edit. No, um, I would have gone Leon. I've seen that. Have you? Yeah. With Natalie Portman and Jean Reno. Oh, shit, I'll delete that off the list then. Yep. Shit, okay, I didn't know you'd seen that. Yep. Okay, so I would have gone Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Silence of the Lambs. Right. The Truman Show. <laughs> Fucking Hobson's choice right there. But we're going with Training Day, so it's fine. Training Day. Trading Day. Training Day. 
Oh, I thought it was going to be about basketball trades. Please, please, please give us a rating wherever you listen, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. It helps people that might enjoy the show find us. Share us about with friends, family, and like-minded folk if you've enjoyed the episode. Tell the world about it. Going from the rooftops. Yeah. Right, right, send a telegram. You can't do that anymore. Oh. Send a barbershop quartet. If you leave a review, we will get our dog called Oswald to give you a shout out on the show. If you have a hilarious or embarrassing movie related story, tell us. We're not going to let this section die on its ass. You can email us at moviegrouchfanboypod at outlook.com. And here comes Mr. Fanboy with the socials. So our socials on Instagram, we are moviegrouch and fanboypod. And that's and as in A-N-D. And then on Facebook, we are Movie Grouch and Fanboy. That's an ampersand, not an and. Thanks. I think that's it then. Okay, well, thank you very much. Anything else to add? No, that's it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for indulging. And you're more than welcome. Your pleasure. Uh, likewise, apart from the bit where you shamed me for watching Too Hot to Handle. You're on your own. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, but you have found the podcast where we take a classic film that I have avoided watching uh, for various reasons. Classic is loose. Do we need to start this again? No. Are you going to give me trouble? No. It's Sicily. It's baking hot. The neighbour is shouting at her little girl from across the back. <laughs> Sorry if you caught that. Anyway, a funeral cortege carry the father of nine-year-old Vito Andolini. Signor Andolini has been killed because he insulted the local mafia chieftain, Don Ciccio. Andolini's family are shot as they take the coffin to the final resting place. 